3: Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweeb. I am Tim, and joining me, as always, is the blue hair beauty, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm well, Tim. How are you? I'm outstanding. Spectacular. And, of course, we're joined by, as always, uh, by the very distinguished uh, Colonel... Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel?
1: Well, Timmy, I'm just re-energized. You know, I I, I am burning the candle at both ends with these podcasts, um, the presidential campaign. Yeah, how is your campaign going? It, it's going along just swimmingly, Tim.
3: I understand swim. you just got back from uh, Nassau, New Hampshire?
1: New Hampshire, yeah.
3: And uh, you had uh, spoke uh, in front of 19,000 people.
1: 19,000 people.
3: 19, I didn't even thousand know there people. were 19,000 people in New Hampshire.
1: I really did not know where New Hampshire was. Um, I knew it was somewhere east of me. Yeah. Um, sure. And it was going to be cold up there. Right. Um, but very nice people. They ate a lot of pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm so you were well-received. I was well-received because they don't like... Uh, the people in New Hampshire don't like foolishness. Yeah. They don't like, they don't tolerate foolishness, and that's what they see. So um, I, I'm sure you were, I'm sure they'll look forward to your return. 13,000 people to me, you know how much I raised? How much? Mm-hmm. 13,000 people, and I raised $6,500. That
3: is awesome. And, and, I, and, and you're and reporting th- that, right? Let me, <laughs> excuse me. I said, you know, you have to report that.
1: Well, I just the, reported it. To the federal, no,
3: to No, not that's not a
0: report.
1: You
3: have to send it to
1: the Federal Election Commission. And, and then let me tell you what happened up there, and I'll, and I'll get off of this, but had somebody, this ties right in with this. Hmm. Had a man come up to me and say, hey, uh, Mr. Colonel, we would like to get you on board with the, uh, this Keystone Pipeline thing. Yeah. We'd like to talk to you about that. Right. And I said, well, I'm willing like to talk about anything. You know what the man does? What? Hands me a suitcase for cash.
3: So he was trying to bribe you.
1: you was trying to bribe the colonel? Yeah, there's no bribing you. He, uh, he, he underestimates he, you. I bit. told him to take his suitcase mm-hmm. before he got the colonel's 10-D boot in his rear end. Good for you, colonel. I told him the colonel's suit, the, the colonel' vote is not for sale. Very good, colonel. we proud for that much. We're proud of you. hmm Um... Okay, so today, the
3: topic of today's podcast is the Battle of Blair Mountain, and, um, and as part of that, the uh, Meitawan Massacre, and this deals with the um, battle between, um, the battle to uh, unionize the coal miners in southern West Virginia at the turn of the century. Um, before we get started, do we have any shout-outs
1: uh, I got a couple shout outs. All right, Colonel. I got a couple shout outs. I got, uh, I'd like to thank, I, I went into uh, one of my favorite stores yesterday, Cincinnati Vapors, because they're the place to come me to stop smoking so the Colonel could uh, rule. And the, start vaping. Start vaping so the Colonel could rule the country for 50 years. Um, and.
3: So you're going to exceed FDR, and your plan is to. Do away with the um, uh, limits for presidential.
1: Yeah, those are silly. Yeah, I mean, you can be a senator forever, but a president, for eight is, that's just stupid. Okay, that's just stupid. We're gonna. That's one of the first things we're gonna get rid of. But since uh, Papers, vapors, mm-hmm. I go down there. They always treat me right. They, if if, if you wanting to, if you wanting to quit smoking, you ought to go down there because they will teach you, they will show you, they will get you off those devil cigarettes. Um, And I go in there, and Kevin says, hey, Mr. Colonel, we've been listening to your show. We love the show. Uh, So, and and what I said is, you know what, and this is what you you folks need to understand out there. We're, We're on iTunes, too. When you get, download us. If you like us, rate us because it makes us easier for other people to find and enjoy.
3: Yeah, we would really appreciate that if you could. If you're listening to us on iTunes, if you could rate us, that would be great because, as the colonel says, that's it makes it easier for other people to find us.
1: But yeah, Kevin Dunn. Now, Kevin um, is, a, is, a, is a strange guy. He's a, he, he's kind of a peculiar guy, very, very smart guy. Um and he's, he's got a he's he's got a, I thought it was his wife, but apparently they just live together. A girl named Kara, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. How Kevin ended up with this woman is just so beyond me. I never could get it. But uh, but I was headed somewhere with that, and the colonel, you know, he gets sidetracked a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for Kevin for uh, everybody down at Cincinnati Vapors except for Xander, because he kind of. Uh, a little squirrely. I don't trust that boy too much. And then we got a sponsor this week. Oh, a new wonderful! Sponsor. A new sponsor, and this ties back into uh, a, a story we did earlier. Okay. It is Gene Home Goods. Oh yeah, we talked about Ed Gene and his yeah. um His Gene Home Goods. It, it, they 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 uh, they're a green company. They recycle. <laughs> you could uh, you could get your. Uh, commemorative skull cereal bowls
3: you make your um, favorite ant
1: your uh, lampshade yeah you got to you got it's like limitless People Those always say orders. they never leave us. They're always with you. you could actually have somebody always with you. Yeah, it could be your couch cushion. It's going to cost you extra, though. Those are special orders. Well, they're special orders. I mean, it's, it's all custom work. So it's check all custom out. Orders. So, so no, yeah. if
2: you can buy off the display floor. Yeah, but you don't know what you're getting. Day. I mean, you you don't know what you, yeah, you might you
1: don't be are getting people. You know, yeah, they're, they're scratching might, dead. Yeah, yeah, they're
3: they're yeah. You're not getting someone yeah. special. You just get, yeah. like the colonel said, maybe a homeless person or what.
1: Now, I will say... And, and I don't like to say this to the spots, but don't get the stew at the lunch counter. It's not don't good. Get the stew. Not good. Yeah, it was a little, uh, it did not taste like chicken to me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you, Colonel. Okay, so on
3: to the Battle of Blair Mountain and the Meituan, uh Massacre. Um, so, to set this story, I'm, I'm going to give you I kind of put some of this in context. And, Colonel, I got a question for you. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Um, a hernia
1: and another
3: day older and deeper in debt. Absolutely. And that was the um, conditions of the folks working in the coal mine industry at the turn of the 20th century in the United States. And that's the focus of our podcast. Um, In the 1870s, um, a lot of land uh, speculators uh, bought up land in the Appalachian area, and uh, this land was bought by um, coal coal companies so that they could get the mineral rights to the land, and um, they set up... Uh, their cold, uh, the industry there, a, a feudal system, and that in, exploited uh, the local people living there. Uh, exploited their workers um, by setting up what were called company towns. And the company town was this, just as it sounds. The company would uh, set up um, the post office. They set up the uh, doctor's office. They set up. Company stores, all the all the housing in the um, in the area was owned by the company. They had all the politicians uh, in their usually in
1: their back pocket. Um, and, well, and, and not to interrupt you, here, Timmy, but one of the things that was amazing to me about this is when you say you know the speculators were buying up land. You're right. A lot of times there were settlers on the land that owned the land. Right, and because right. they had the politicians and everybody in the back pocket, they just come in. The co- big companies buy the land. Yeah, and we're you know we're and talking they kick the people off.
3: Yeah, and we're talking about um, you know the big names, right? The Rockefellers, the uh, DuPonts, and uh, you're right. The, the people who were living in that the the uh, that area, the Appalachians, uh, had um, had very very few rights. And they had a choice of really working for the coal mine uh, or leaving the area. And um, they were, um, lived in company, uh, the company housing. And uh, if they did something that the company didn't like, they not only could they lose their job, but they lost their housing. Um, They would lose their health care, they would lose, uh, you know, their, you know, they'd be evicted. Um, and basically would be tossed out on the street. And they didn't really have anywhere to turn. The local officials, the law enforcement, they were all um, in, the, you know, uh, in the back pocket of the big coal industries. Um, so uh, unionization or anything like that, if, it, if they even talk, t- talked about unionizing— they would come in and they would uh, evict them, men, women, children. Throw them out, you know, throw their stuff out on the street. And the conditions that they worked in were just, you know, just horrible conditions. Uh, very dangerous. Uh, there were a lot of explosions. There were a lot of uh, uh, very dangerous conditions. Of course. A lot of people developed over the years black lung, which is where the uh, coal dust would settle down into the lungs. and you know, I had neighbors who who uh, had that when i I mean, I saw it uh, as I was growing up, people who had, in my hometown who had worked in um, coal mines, and it it was really disgusting. They would be just spitting up
1: blood all the time. Well, it was uh, it was it was kind of a cross between emphysema and cancer. And, and, and it was horrible. I yeah, mean, was exactly. Just, and if you didn't
3: work, if you couldn't work, you didn't get paid. In fact, you, you only got paid by uh, what you produce. And um, so every day, you, the the company would weigh the amount of coal that you extracted from the mine, and they would pay you based upon the uh, the coal you uh, uh obtained from the mine and they would they would weigh it and then they would discard if they found rocks or whatever in it they would you know deduct that so you were basically uh, it was basically up to them what they wanted to pay you and they only paid you in company script they didn't pay you in money they didn't pay you in US currency and the company script was only good could only be used at the company store so even if they give you a raise um,
1: they just turn around and raise the prices, the prices. at the, at the company' well, store. You know one of the, one of the funny things you were talking about the, about the weight, um, one time and, and you know they had they had groups of kids who worked in the mines. Mm-hmm. And these children decided they what they did was they sat on the line and the coal came and passed really between the legs and their job was to pull out the slate. Yeah. And these supervisors would walk around and if they saw some slake in past one kid, they just hated him with a stick. Hate yeah him with a they, big they, piece of hickory. Mm-hmm. And the kids just said, Now these these are eight year old kids say hell with this. And they went out on strike. They went out on strike and they got actually what they wanted.
2: Yeah. From it, this group. They, so our gang took off and it, it was like especially and our signs, gang. They yeah. were like,
1: Hell with this and well in and the, and the, and the company need, they weren't asking for anything what they were really asking for is like a quarter penny a uh, yeah a quarter <laughs> yeah. of a penny on the hour and not to be hit with a stick and uh, and and the other thing that you mentioned uh, the they got weighed you know you came out at the end of the day they got weighed. The company controlled the scales. Absolutely. And uh, And, and, they could get you that way, too.
3: Yeah, they controlled the scales, and if they found what they call rocks, whatever, they say, this is not coal, you wouldn't get paid for that. So um, it was really a a feudal system. And uh, with the coal miners being a little more than indentured servants, like I said, if if. If they even uh, discussed organizing, the company would, uh, you know, fire them, throw them out of their housing. Um, they couldn't get any recourse from the local uh, authorities. Um, They'd lose. They lose everything. Um, so it, it was really, you know, almost like an indentured servitude type of situation. The company would have... Um, a, the uh, they had their own police force, and, 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 and in Mattoon, we're going to talk about in, in a little bit. Uh, that police force was the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency, and we're using "detective agency" in air quotes because really they were just hired guns that were used by the uh, coal mining companies to enforce their will on the coal miners. Uh, their own special police force. Uh, there, there was a the southern equivalent of uh, what's the what's the other detective? The Pinkertons. Pinkertons. The Pinkertons. Yeah. So um, all of this was occurring. Uh, this story takes place in 1920. Um, so this con- these conditions were going on for you know half a century, uh, and a lot of things were going on in, in early 1920. The uh, the war had the World War One had just ended. Um, the communist revolution had started, you know, in, in Russia in 1917. So there was this red scare going on in the United States, where a fear of communism um, uh, spreading to the U.S. and um, the oral, uh, the big uh, coal companies, as well as other industrialists, um, used that threat as a um, uh, to uh, suppress uh, the labor movement, saying, you know, like, you know, we can't, you know, these um unions are um, you know fronts for for communists so um, of course there was the red scare that occurred and uh, a lot of people were thrown in jail who were uh, advocating um, uh, child labor laws and and better working conditions for uh, not only coal miners but uh, everyone working because in, in you, this is also the time of the industrial Revolution where people were working in, you know, uh, dangerous conditions not only in coal mines but in factories and in, the, in other places. So. Well, and, and the
1: other thing that happened in that too, Timmy, is that World War One ended. Yes. And once World War One ended, the demand for coal dropped. It had a pretty significant drop. So the the need for production dropped, and they had the workers. So they kind of had when they had if they had the workers by the balls before. Now they really had them because. Right the demand was dropping off and they didn't need so many workers so they could just say, hey, exactly. if don't want to be here, we'll get somebody else. So the
3: United Mine Workers of America made a lot of headway in, in unionizing um, uh, the coal miners because of these <clears throat> terrible working conditions that people were living in. And then by 1920, they had uh, organized many of the um, coal mines in West Virginia. But they couldn't get a foothold in southern West Virginia. They were having a hard time in southern West Virginia in Logan and Mingo County. And um, they were having difficulty getting in there. So they wanted to expand uh, and get into um, southern West Virginia on the West Virginia-Kentucky border. So they wanted to start in Mingo County because uh, in Mingo County there were some local officials, the mayor and the sheriff there, who were uh, minor friendly you could say. They were more friendly to the miners than, say, the coal companies. Logan County uh, was pretty much uh, all the local officials were uh, totally uh, uh, on board with the coal companies. So they wanted to try to organize in Mingo County. And so they, that's where they started, the or, uh, tried to organize. And the company reacted by, um, again, strong-arming the, the coal miners, uh, evicting them. So they set up, set up little camps, uh, coal mining camps, uh, with tents, after they got evicted from their home. And there was a confrontation in um, uh, the town of Matewan, And Brandy's going to tell us a little bit about that.
2: So, well, first I want to talk about—let's talk about Sid Hatfield for just one second because Sid, Sid actually was a pretty important character in, in Maytuan and, and in, um, and in uh, Blair Mountain, all of this stuff. Um, but Hatfield came from the same family, the Hatfield and the McCoys. He was a part of that feud. He was born in 1891. <coughs> and uh, to to some of the more respectable town folk worked his way up to being sheriff. Um, he worked... As a child, he'd worked on his farmer's farm. He was a miner in his teens. He was a blacksmith. Um, so, I mean, he kind of got the whole, um, you know, hard work and, you know, he understood it. He lived it. Um, and he was... Uh, you know, known for his hard living and his hard fighting, and he, he was eventually actually worked his way up to the police chief of Meituan and was appointed that by uh, Mayor Cornelius Testerman. Um, and he was—Sid uh, was a, a huge, a staunch supporter of the United Mine Workers of America— um and so were the mayor so together they were instrumental in leading the mining community's resistance to um these Baldwin Felt operatives that that came into town to to help evict people um they offered them they were offered bribes they were offered you know all these things and, and every time they turned them down um Testerman eventually was—he um, was actually mortally wounded in the Battle of Meituan, and, uh, and Sid married his widow. And there was rumors that he had actually killed the mayor, but he didn't. Um, he was eventually assassinated by these people from the Baldwin-Felts agency, detective agency, um, on the courthouse steps um he was he was assassinated him and his deputy were both were both gunned down um yeah, with their wives with, with their wives the, were the there. wives weren't killed but the wives the wives, wives there. were there yeah
3: yeah so uh, with this this confrontation in Maiwan uh-huh. they so uh the Baldwin Phelps uh, uh uh, brothers, I guess the the Feltz brothers, there uh, uh, brothers. brothers. There were three
1: brothers. Three brothers. three
3: They actually came to Matwant to kind of squelch this um, this uh, unionization and start an evicting people, like you said. And um, they had actually confronted uh, the sheriff had confronted Sheriff uh, Hatfield with yeah. a with a warrant for their arrest
2: on May nineteenth, nineteen twenty. They showed up uh, at and, and we're going to evict a bunch of people for, you know, wanting to unionize. And uh, the sheriff had had a had a warrant drawn up for their arrest. And so when they had this, they they sort of confronted each other. And um, they the sheriff presented his his uh, warrant to have them arrested. And then these these people from. The detective agency presented their warrant to have the sheriff arrested. I thought that was funny. I was like, Yeah. No, I've got a warrant for your arrest. Yeah. And one of them says, for this, this is a bogus warrant. And, and, and to the mayor. The, the, mayor. the yeah. warrant was fraudulent. The warrant yeah. against the uh, warrant against the uh, the sheriff was fraudulent. And to me, the funniest
1: thing to, about this whole thing, and the bluehead devil will get into it, but the funniest thing, the thing I had to laugh is these Phelps guys coming in with Thompson submachine guns. In got, their suitcases. Yeah, in their yeah. suitcases. Thompson submachine guns. So they think they got, yeah, ain't nobody going to mess with them. So they confront this guy, and they don't realize they're surrounded by armed miners. Yeah, all they over got, the place. All over the place, they got miners with guns. It was it's like a, a, an Old West kind of shootout where they're, they're mm.
3: meeting uh, Phelps, I mean, I'm sorry, the mayor and um, um, uh, Sid Hatfield in the, in the street Right, yep. and they're walking down the middle of Main yep. Street. The Felt brothers are walking down the middle of Main Street. And like you said, the mayor, uh, Felt brothers, tried to um, bribe the mayor. He wanted to put machine guns, machine gunners on the roofs around yep. uh, around mm-hmm. town, and offering ma- five hundred dollars. Offering five hundred. Mayor says no, thanks. Uh, so they present this warrant for uh, Sid Hatfield's arrest or or Sid Hatfield presents a warrant for their arrest and they show one for his. They is fraudulent like Brandy said. And then we're really not sure who started the
2: shooting right? It just they don't know who started the shooting and you guys were right they had armed um, armed civil- well, civilians. Um, workers all over because, you know, West Virginia is kind of a hilly place and they had, they were up you know, and they had the high ground. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're not really sure who fired the shots who fired the first shot uh, but it was they met on the uh, they met on the porch of Chambers Hardware store and it was Albert Feltz that shot the mayor first um, and then, like I said, people—the uh, actually, the Felts tried to spread around that it was that it was Sid Hatfield who shot the mayor, um, but uh, that was never confirmed. They said he had feelings for his wife, and the rumor was never confirmed.
3: You, you've got to say, I got—I don't know what you—I I got the feeling that the mayor was really a good guy in all this. That he, he was seemed tra- to be. Yeah, he was. He trying to, to be. be. He's
1: pretty damn fearless. I yeah. give him that yeah, because he was only. You know, when he, was, when he was made married, he was only 27 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a, he was a young man. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was not scared of much, and he, uh... But yeah, it's it just, it, it kind of tickled me that these guys got the 40 the forty submachine guns there, and they're, no, we're here to arrest you, and when the shooting starts, it's like a whole circle around them. just yeah, yeah. people that. were the way at them. Well,
2: <laughs> and it didn't, it really didn't last very long. Um... Sid went flat after uh, some of these Baldwin Felt's detectives. Yeah, I got the feeling that the mayor was
3: trying to um, resolve things peacefully, and, yeah, no. and Sid was like, "Bring it on." No, mm. Sid
2: went flat after him. Um, in fact, he found one of them in the uh, Metwane post office and shot and killed him there. Just walked in and, and you know assassinated him. Well, he told him that the guy. He told him,
1: "Come out and fight." And the guy's like, well, No, you want to fight, you come in and get me. He just walked in and shot him. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this makes Sid sound
3: like a badass, but I mean, you're talking about guys who had been Sid kinda was. Well, he was. But I mean, you're talking about these 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 detectives who were terrorized, just terrorizing yep. the coal miners. They were going to these uh, these camps that they had set up in the middle of the night and just unloading, you know, shooting women women and children. I mean they they
2: were not. Nice people. No. Um, when the shooting finally did stop and all the townspeople came out and came down, and um, there were casualties on both sides. There were seven Baldwin-Felt detectives that were killed, including Albert and Lee Felts. Um, two minors were killed. Uh, and there were four other bystanders that had been wounded, Um Aside from the mayor, who ended up a, who ended up dying from his injuries, so actually Baldwin felt kind of they got crushed. They took their ass kicked. Yeah, they the got room. they got their ass kicked. Um, John, the governor of the state, John Cornwell, ordered the state police to take control of Maytuan. Um, They did Hatfield and his men eventually. They did cooperate. Um, they, the miners improved their efforts to organize, and um, there was just—this started—it it was a domino effect, really, because the this battle um, embold, emboldened—is that a word? Emboldened. Emboldened, emboldened. sure. Um, these, these workers, and so they were— um, there was widespread violence. They started doing on July 1st. Uh, the Miners Union went on another strike. Railroad cars were blown up. Uh, strikers were beaten and left to die by the side of the road. Tom Feltz, the, the remaining Feltz brothers, um, or he was the last one actually, was avenging his brother's death like he's a supervillain. Um he would send undercover operatives to collect evidence to convict Sid Hatfield and his men. Yeah, they were out to get Sid at that point. Yeah. And that's how Sid um and his deputy were assassinated was that, they were actually going to a hearing. Um they were going to a hearing about uh, the murder of Albert Phelps. Yeah. Um and that's that's when he was he was And killed. when they were a charge about blowing up a Blowing up a cold tipple. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. So Somebody there were some charges against tipple. them. They went to to uh, because court. they got acquitted at the one, and then they
1: charged him with another.
3: But they
2: but they murdered him right. In broad daylight on the yeah. courthouse. Yeah, they were just waiting for and him. None they of was them waiting were waiting for him None him of them him were hours. ever convicted. Right. <clears throat> none and of those guys were ever convicted of that. They all said it was in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And by this point, Sid was
3: a uh, folk hero to the sure. coal miners. Oh, absolutely. And once he was
2: murdered and these guys walked... Oh, uh, Once he was murdered and they had walked, it was It was all... It kind of took the steam out of their... The they wind out of their sails a little bit. Took the wind
1: out of their sails for a minute, but then it was... And you got to remember, these are guys that, that had worked in horrible, horrible circumstances, I'm sure. you know, horrible jobs. They've been abused by the company. They, they, these people have been just taking shit their whole lives. But Killing Hatfield was the final straw. Yeah, because that that was the one thing that would not. He became a a leader. He was really the only place they had to turn to. Well, he was a symbol. Yeah, yeah, and and he was the one place they had to turn. The mayor and and they they offered some semblance of protection to the people. Right, right, and and that was their, You know, I mean, we talk about today. You know, people go back and forth how well it don't matter who you vote for Congress, Mm -hmm. Republican, Democrats, whatever. Everybody's bought and paid Mm -hmm. for. But really, these people were truly bought and paid for. The yeah, governor they had they, they, there, there was no. There was no habeas corpus. There was no recourse to the law. Were no there was recourse no recourse at all, right.
3: And
2: this wasn't so. the only place that this went on. I mean, this was going on, we read in Harlan County sure. and a couple other places in Kentucky. Sure. There was yeah. a
3: similar massacre, uh, similar battles
2: in uh,
1: Colorado. Yeah,
2: Colorado. There was another massacre. So, there. yeah, so they were taking these people who they probably shouldn't have been messing with, that didn't really have a ton to lose, and weren't. Real, real bright, right, and, and when they, pissing them off. Well, <laughs> and then,
1: <laughs> the big mistake they made was shooting Hatfield, because when they shot Hatfield, now, they, now you got over in in the, in the other county, Logan, um, Logan County, and uh, that's where you got the Sheriff Shapin. and he had he had really crushed the strikers over there. He called martial law and declared martial law, threw a bunch of them in jail for treason. Um, But, yeah,
3: again, this was that whole anti-communist Red Scare era where they would just uh, throw people in jail without.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: Uh, habeas corpus, or you know, the uh, warrants or anything. They were just, uh, oh, yeah. you're trying to organize, you're a communist, we'll
1: throw you in the. Uh,
3: we'll
2: throw you in half for
1: treason. We'll yeah. you, mm-hmm.
3: Maybe
2: they're Putinistas. So, yeah.
1: Well, now, now Hatfield's dead. And these miners who have put up, you can do a lot, they have put up with a lot. This is the final straw. It's like, you know what, all right, now we've had enough. Now these guys all have guns. So they start, there's a place called Coal Creek, and they start to, start to gather around Coal Creek to militarize. And That's why you don't piss off hillbillies. They start to take some action. No, you do not. You do not. And a lot of these guys had served so, in the First World War. Right. right. They, had, they were veterans. Right. And uh, so they started to patrol and guard the area. Now, now, Chapin, he decides to send some troopers over to the Little Coal area to find Here, out what's, no, Don Chapin. Okay. Um, the sheriff. He's. If, if there's one real evil man in this, is Chafe. I mean, and, and they all evil. The co operators are evil. The, the governor's sure. evil. I mean, they're all evil because they, they basically said, screw the Constitution, screw the law. You know, the one thing in America was supposed to be built on is that everybody has recourse to the law. These people didn't have it. So, anyway, Chafean, he sends some some guys over there to over to. Um, to Cold River, where these guys are starting to congregate. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys catch them, they strip them of their weapons, and send them back on their way. So now they decide, you know, okay, here's what we're going to do. This, this is the UMW, United Mine Workers, the District 17. They're going to call a and they're going to go to Charleston. So they go to Charleston, and, and you got the leaders of the union at this time of the Frank Keeney and Fred Mooney. The the key players up into a point. So they get out there. They get up to Charleston. There's a big, big march up there, and they want to organize. So they what they do is they give their demands to the governor. It's uh, Ephraim Morgan, and. Uh, they give them a petition with the miners' demands, and they're pretty reasonable demands, really. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not, nothing unreasonable. Morgan just says, hell no. Just rejects them out of hand. So the, now the miners are pissed, and uh, now they're starting to talk about a, a march on Mingo to free these, confi- these miners that have been arrested. You know, mm-hmm. now, they, now they've done, you know, blood has been spilled, right. what has happened. They, right. they have started shooting people you know, with, with Hatfield and Massacre. So these guys are ready to use weapons. So anyway, <clears throat> now they have this rally in Charleston on, on August 7th, August 7th. Now there's an interesting lady that is involved in all this and her name's uh, Mary Harris Jones they called her Mother Jones. Mother Jones. Uh, and now we could do a whole podcast on her. Yeah, she's an
3: interesting um, character then in the uh, magazine and online <laughs> the yeah. online magazine Mother Jones was named after her.
1: It, it is. Mm-hmm. And now she she kind of and, and she had basically dedicated her whole life to organizing. Uh, she started out really uh child labor. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. she wanted to the child labor um and I I won't spend too much time on her but she kind of knew what she was doing. Yeah, she's an uh, interesting she was, character. She, was, she she been through this organizing thing a million times with a million different places, and she told the miners, "Do not march into Logan. You know, you're going to be, you, you you don't have enough enough force. Yeah, she, gonna, the she, government's going to be against you. You know, you're going to be overpowered. She, she so, saw a bloodbath coming. Yeah, that's what she saw. Now these now what people were saying was, oh, she's lost her nerve. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but these guys—they just been lied to and lied to, and they're pissed off at Governor Morgan. So now all of a sudden you got Lynn's Creek, which is um, in a in a, in a another county, mm-hmm. and that's where they start congregating. So by August 20, and this is less than two weeks from that time, you've got 13,000 armed miners. I mean, you got a, you got 13, a regiment out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 13,000 on mine. And and anybody who knows these Appalachian people, they're tough people. I mean, they, they grew up under—they lived under hard circumstances. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not people you just want to get into some kind of hillbilly war with. So. They are tough people. You're Appalachian, ain't you? Blue-eyed yeah. devil?
2: No. I am actually Appalachian. You are. That's right. You're See? the Appalachian one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell because look how close his eyes are together. Oh, shut yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. And I don't remember you coming
1: in playing the banjo one day, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Deliverance. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you was telling me. There's a t- difference t- between nail bellies and Appalachians. Yeah. Now,
1: these these miners, though, as Appalachians can be, they are tough people, but they can be a little lazy, too. Yeah. Um, what are you trying to say? Well, they decided they didn't want to walk all the way up there, so they just commandeered some trains. <laughs> they just stopped some trains yeah. and said, hey, you know. And one they called the Blue Blue Steel Special, which could be the Blue Head Devil Special. But uh, anyway, they, they march up with a bunch of people. They hook up with some people in Danville and Boone County on their way to Mingo. Now, Keeney and Mooney, who I would mentioned before, the leaders of the 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 mine workers, they decide. Now these two tough some bitches, they run to Ohio. Okay, they they are like we don't want any part of this. Well, they see they saw
3: where it was going. They and saw where they, it was and, going and I going think they, they had, had arrest
1: part. warrants out for them. Or, yeah. or they were going to be charged. Yeah. Well, they took off. Well, they they got now now he got and and I love this name, Bill Blizzard. It's like a it's like a uh, it's like a. Sorry, Bill who? Bill Blizzard. Blizzard. Bill no Blizzard, Blizzard like snow. It's mm-hmm. like a WWE guy, Bill Blizzard. <sighs> yeah. It's like porn. In comes Bill Blizzard, and he uh, he's gonna he's, he's gonna take care of the minors. He's in charge of the minors now. Now, meanwhile, this dirty, nasty, some bitch Don Chafin, who who really is is if they have podcasts in hell, you're listening to me now. He's he's really worse than if you if you remember a while back. Uh, Johnny Footstool, he's He's worse than than Johnny Johnny Footstool. Footstool. Yeah, he's a coward. Uh, But anyway, I get on it. He was in the back pocket of the coal industry. The coal now, the Stone Creek uh, coal place tells Chafin, you know what? How much money you need? So they get the Logan County Cooperators Association, give Chafin all this money. He puts a private army together of nearly two thousand men. Two thousand men. Now, what he doesn't know at this time, is that there's thirteen hill thirteen thousand hillbillies with rifles coming at him. Mm-hmm. But he thinks he can, he thinks he can take it. Now, he can't because what he's got is the miners got to c- cross this mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, he has the high ground and he's got better weapons. Mm-hmm. So there's a, on August 25th, there's a, a little bit of a skirmish, um, but but most of the miners are still about 15 miles away. But now that the skirmish starts, President Harding, who, you know, everybody knows was one of our finest presidents. Easy. Um, but I think history has shown Harding, no matter what party you're from, is probably one of the worst presidents we ever had. Um, you use the word skirmish, though. I think that's spectacular. It was a little skirmish. It was, it was just a, a fracas. Was players. it a fracas? It was a fracas, yeah. I like fracas. Now, he threatens to send in federal trips, troops, and Martin... MB one bombers so they have a long this long meeting in Madison in Boone County and agreements are made to convince the miners to go on home Boone County West Virginia or Boone County Kentucky well, of course, we're in West Virginia. Devil, what do you think? They teleported themselves? What? You... It's not like they're that far apart. We're talking there. about West Virginia. You jackhole! <laughs> well, and the, and the miners thought
3: uh, they thought this was going to be a good thing because they thought the federal government would come in. Yeah, and,
1: they and thought the federal government was going to be on their side. Right. Exactly. So, but then they think they made an agreement. They think everything, and they tell them to return home. So the miners are the they, the miners are itching for a battle because they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have this meeting in Madison and, you know, Harding's threatening to send troops in and blah, blah, blah. So the minor th- thinks it's going to be a little bit, you know, a f- kind of a futile effort. So, futile. Like, like Timmy that. was saying, futile. futile. Yeah. It's futile and futile. Timmy was saying well, that's a futile how much,
2: system, but t- yeah, anyway. T- it depends on how much of a badass you are to say that word. Exactly. But anyway... Resistance is futile. Chafing? Chafing
1: pissed off. Because he got an army of 2,000 men, and he got a bunch of miners out there. And he's got submachine guns. He's got, got submachine guns, guns. He's got
2: planes. They charter planes. planes.
3: They charter yeah. planes. With to drop bombs on them.
2: To drop bombs on the miners. Um so, oh, did they get that one lady to fly the plane because she would just fall right out? What was no, her name? Bessie, Bessie Coleman. Coleman. She would Bessie never Ross. do that.
1: Yeah, she Bessie Bessie Coleman. Bessie Coleman. Would Bessie be fighting Coleman flew the, the first plane, um, and she crashed it she into she, a tree. She, was, she no, fell out. Fell right out. Bessie um, would have been fighting for the miners. So good lady. The miners being reasonable men, mm-hmm. um, as far as Appalachians can be, because they're not. Come on uh, now. Uh, you know what I... You, you come from Portsmouth, right? Yeah. It's, a bit, it's not exactly in the middle of cold country, but we border West Virginia and Kentucky. Yeah. So you know what the Appalachians are like? They're like yeah. the... You know what they're like? They're like the Irish with funny accents is what they are. You know, I mean, the funny they're thing, They're hard-headed people. And and, and uh, uh, a side note, but most of the Irish... They're believe like it or Irish not, with
2: funny accents? <laughs>
1: well, I, to me, the Irish don't have funny accents. Of course not. But you, uh, the, 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 most of the Appalachians... We of Irish and Scottish descent yes. mm-hmm, that's true now,
3: now the fun the funny thing about all that is when you know the com- the uh, government and the uh, big industrial industrial giants and coal companies so forth uh, call the you know call them out the coal miners out as a communist organization yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. I grew up in Appalachia. I have yet to meet a
2: communist. Yeah, they're not communists yeah. over there. No.
1: No, they're not communists over there. But anyway, they decide to head on home. Well, Chaffin do not like this. because he's been itching for a battle ever since. So reports start coming back that he's just shooting Union sympathizers in Sharples over in Sharples, West Virginia. Now, this is just north of Blair Mountain. And families are getting caught in the crossfire. Now, the miners are like, oh, hell no. Now, now, you have reached, now you have done something so egregious when these coal miners reached the all-hell-no oh, part that they turned back around. They turned back around, and by August 29th, which is, which is the colonel and the missus' anniversary. No, oh, that'd be anniversary. Uh, Chaffin's men, they're outnumbered. But, I mean, by August 29th, this battle's on. It's on. Like Donkey Kong? It's it's on like Donkey Kong. Like just like Donkey Kong. Um and, and I picture Chafe and his little Mario. Little cheesy mustache. I picture it. With as wax on the end, somebody to a railroad track. Um so, so we said so we
3: got ten thousand armed coal miners, we got three thousand um how many coal miners thugs,
1: daughters? Thugs. <laughs> thugs. We got thugs. I the, will uh, them thugs. All I'll right. call them thugs. We're throwing out thugs. Thugs. Yeah. Um, and, and then you got planes, but now the planes, they're dropping homemade bombs, so I don't know if this is like moonshine. Like Molotov with, cocktails? Yeah. Like they, they, they're just <laughs> like throwing out
2: there. Like they just they fly got low? In the they yeah. just fly low and <laughs>
1: toss them out? I don't know if they got <laughs> they kites
3: or, you know, what is This what was, this was going. before they had drones, thank God.
1: Well, apparently these planes were more like drones, because more of them crashed into trees than actually landed. But, uh... <laughs> I see. That makes me
3: happy somehow. It was Bessie. Yeah, it was not Bessie. She would not
1: have been a part of that. those was um, But they, but they were dropping bombs on these guys. And uh, Billy, General Billy Mitchell, um, he was a he was a war hero in World War One. He was he was fighting against uh, against the miners. And this was called and, the um, largest uh, uh, rebellion. So it was rebellion. largest armed rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, since now, the Civil War, yeah. yeah. Since the Civil War, it was not the, the, the people were calling it the largest civil rebellion, which really would not be true because um, the March on Washington, things right. like that, and the civil rights. But this well, was well, largest it's up to armed
3: this, up to this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but this was largest armed. Well, even well, not up to this time because the. Um, uh, the World War One veterans yeah. when they went to Washington, the I ten know, cities. Yeah, uh, but they I weren't have, again. They weren't armed, and they weren't shooting people. Right. This was an armed rebellion, basically against the, the, the government. Bonus, the bonus. It was uh, a free for all. Well, and it, and it wasn't against the government. It was against the company, the, the co-operators. But and it wasn't just one coal company. It was it was all the of them. association. Um, but the problem was once the government got involved, and they were fighting troops. Um, it became a very ish, ish, iffy thing. Now, by September second, you got federal troops there, and and Blizzard Bill Blizzard realizes, "Oh shit, the federal government's here. We're gonna just get our asses whipped. Let's get the hell out of here." So he tells the miners to start heading home. Yellow belly. Oh no, he just got good sense. Now, the miners are fear in jail, and they're afraid they're going to get their weapons taken away, so they start hiding them in the woods. And to this day, <laughs> finding people are finding weapons and live ammunition <laughs> hidden in trees and crevices. And I want to go down and search for them. Um, there were, and, and this is amazing claymore. to me, thousands, now this is just what's been found, thousands of spent and live cartridges have been found. There were over a million rounds fired. In that battle. That's amazing. About I mean, that's a, a, that's a
3: huge battle. I mean, you're talking Getty,
1: the for, for, uh, for the number of people killed. Yeah, there wasn't that many. There was, was, pick, there was yeah. about 160 total, um, mostly
2: miners, about yeah. 100 miners. The Appalachians um, don't have good eyesight. They, well, they didn't have great well. guns. They didn't have real yeah, yeah. good guns. Well, they were
3: homemade. Yeah, I mean, they of them. Were shooting slingshots. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you had to go down with your company script to buy. Yeah,
1: Guns. Um, and, and now after this, this is where it, it gets really amazing to me. It gets just amazing. Nine hundred and eighty-five minors were indicted for murder, conspiracy to commit murder, accessory to murder, and treason against the state of Wyoming. Now I didn't know you West did Virginia. not know, or I'm sorry, West Virginia. Thank you, Timmy. I did not know you could commit a treason against the state. Yeah, and they, because, were just, they were just—they were throwing it because I'm pretty around. sure I commit treason against Kentucky and Indiana every day, all the time, <laughs> all are. the time. And
3: how many of the coal, those in the coal mine industry were arrested?
1: Um, let me see. There was a total of Naria one. Yeah, zero. Naria one. And and this is—I uh, mean, this is what people need to learn about the history of this country. You know, you get this view of. Uh, freedom and liberty and uh, yeah, it's been freedom and liberty for for a good number of folks but it's been just a complete ass kicking for a good number of people you know? Yeah, and I, I f- mean and you have and, and, and you know, we try to stay away from politics as best we can on this show because we don't like to get into it but, but look at kind of what we're getting in today and, and, and you got and, and I'm, and I'm going to throw one out there because they ain't ever going to sponsor us, but you got Walmart Walmart, you got what? About a, third of, the, a third of the people... We're going to get sued. Uh, the truth will set you free. Now, this is the truth, girl. he set you free. You out. Got about a third of the people on government benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So they're getting the food stamps, the EBT cards, Whatever. Where the hell are they going and spending that? Oh, Walmart. Oh, I know. Walmart, Walmart has become, in a sense, kind of the company sort. Now, if and, and you hear how, how much people complain about Walmart. Mm-hmm. They are doing this in the mildest possible degree compared to what these coal miners are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can just get up and walk out of Walmart and say, what the hell with this place? I ain't, you know. As I have done. Ain't nobody going to shoot you. As I have done. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna shoot you if you do that, you know. So we we talk about you know all oh, WalMarts the devil, they this, they that, just because they're not paying folks great and they're not doing whatever. But it is it does not even come close to comparing to what these coal miners and you know these guys. Well, yeah, and to it wasn't just
3: were it wasn't just coal miners. It was uh, it was uh, auto workers. It was people working in the you know uh, steel industry. All these battles had to be fought. And, oh, yeah. and and it wasn't it, it wasn't like um, th- these industrial giants are just going to roll over and give you what you know, give the workers what they wanted. They had they, they fight literally. Blood had to be spilled for um, wages to be increased, for safer working conditions, for companies uh, to be held accountable. And I think what you're getting at is that uh, over time, that has just... uh, It's eroded away. eroded eroded. away. Yeah, Yeah, it's eroded. And now all those battles for change to happen, for, you know, everyone talks about income disparity, for that to change, these... These
1: these battles are going to have to be fought again. Exactly. I mean, you you have... um, I mean, and it... Back in 1984, they had they had coal mine strikes again. You know, the, they they struck again. Um, you have and, and basically what you have is the country. From from that point on, you know, after and especially after World War II, when you had the unions really taken off, mm-hmm. um, and then you had uh, 1975, where the auto industry started to get hurt a little bit. Um, unions started dropping off and and then you had in 80 Reagan fire and air traffic controllers which was really the end of unions and now the the irony of this whole thing is the biggest number of union workers are the government Mm-hmm. Or yeah. the government.
3: you yeah. had a uh, when the when the unions were at their height, you had a strong middle class, and right. when they start before the before the unions were um, organizing workers, you had this despair this disparity between the rich and the middle class and the poor, and then when unions started to take off in organizing, you had a strong middle class that lasted between the 40s to the 70s, and then when the union started to decline, here we again we're talking
1: about the difference between, you know, the shrinking middle class. Well, and it's... it's, uh, And and you jump back down. And we should do a podcast on him one day. We were talking about him yesterday. Huey Long, Mm -hmm. who said, you know, hey, Mr. Rockefeller, when you have all the food you can eat, When you have all the clothes you can wear, when you have all the clothes your children can wear, when you have all the clothes their children can wear. And you've taken everything off the table, and you've got everything you possibly need. Put a little
2: bit back on the table. Give us some Some of your crumbs. Give us some of your crumbs. That's all we're asking for. But the the union has outlived its usefulness. The union anymore only protects people who don't want to do their job.
3: Well, I think that's true in in, in some uh, I, I think it's true in some of the cases. I don't think that's true in all the cases. And I think if if left to the generosity of big
1: we, business we've seen what's happened if left to the generosity of right. big business. There's a history there. <clears throat> and and I think that what this shows is that um, there was a great man. There's a great man still living. And I, I I will not forget a quote from him. Of course. And it was. The unions have been the only voice the working man in this country has ever had. And who would you think that great man will be? I've got an idea, but I'll leave. Oh, Fred blue, Flintstone, Bluehead Devil. Come on, give me a guess. The unions have been the only voice this country has ever ha- the working man has ever had. Ronald Reagan. No. Rockefeller. No. Don't know. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, for The <laughs> love Jesus of Jesus
2: Christ, Christ. Christ. it doesn't Bruce make it any less accurate. It does not make Dude, it any anymore, less accurate. It's, it's not, the only voice they've ever had. We have labor laws now where these people are not going to be beat. They're not paid in company script. They're not. The union is around now to collect dues. That's the only reason the unions are around now. Do you know how much money? I know. I'm not saying they didn't have their time. I'm saying now. Do you understand how much? If the if um, it's not the auto work, UF United Food, UFCW, UC, whatever. If they can get in to Walmart, do you know how much money they'll make on those people? The union. Oh, and no do you idea. know what they'll do for their people? Nothing. But Nothing. On the other side of the coin, though,
1: and, and you have this, and, and this was this is not a uh, liberal, um, you know, liberal magazine. It was Forbes magazine that said if if Walmart Walmart made twenty five billion dollars last year, sure twenty five billion, if Walmart took every employee they had. <clears throat> That made fifteen dollars or less an hour. Mm-hmm. Move them up to fifteen dollars an hour. They'd still make money. Do you know how much money they make? Fifteen billion dollars. Now, why does a family need twenty-five billion
2: dollars? They're now? greedy.
1: Yeah. And and now yeah, I think mean the thing yeah.
2: is too, we're like you
1: said, we're subsidizing that
3: with food stamps and with health care. We're subsidizing uh,
1: Walmart. Right. And you know what the, the first thing the colonel going to do? No more free ride for Walmart. Well, the second thing, I told you. Well, we'll get into that later. But no more free rides for you. Okay. Mama. So we got a little political on this one. We don't usually like
3: to do that because we don't, uh, we, we want to kind of keep this uh, apolitical. So... Uh, because you get that, every, you know, you can get that the political uh, arguments back and forth almost, uh, on other podcasts. So we try to stay away from that, but sometimes we're going to get into it. So we thank you for your patience. Okay. So any closing thoughts? The um, um, after the Bla- uh, Battle of Blair Mountain, the Union uh, uh, membership started to decline. Uh, it was seen as a immediate victory for the big um, coal companies, although it did uh, publicize the plight of the coal miners that uh, many feel that um, eventually led to improved conditions, uh, although it took a little time. Brandy, any fi-
2: final thoughts on May Tuan or the Battle of Blair Mountain? No, it's just surprising to me how widespread all of this. It wasn't happening in just one place. It was happening. Everywhere, yeah, all at the same time yeah uh, and it, uh, again it, it, this was going
3: on not only in coal mines but in factories and um, all parts of this country and um, there was a lot of bloodshed on both sides and um, you know I, I think that's a part of the history that people either we don't we don't learn about it or we just tr- uh, just try to ignore it but it,
1: um, it it's led to you know we got the weekend off Right, Charles? Well, and I believe that what, what kind of surprised me is, is how people will go so far before they reach that, what I said, all hell no moment. You know, these, I mean, these people, their lives kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, 12 hours in a mine? You, you bent over all day. Your knees hurt all day. I mean, it's, it's miserable and work. You're, you're breathing.
2: You're down in the you're down shaft. There, and your you're average is... life
1: expectancy was, what, about 45 yeah, years yeah. old or something? Yeah. My
2: granddad worked in those coal mines. Yeah. yeah. So you weren't going to live
1: long. It wasn't, you weren't living good. And, you know. So, yeah. And you were working
3: long days. I mean, it wasn't you know eight hours, and I mean you were down those mines 12, 14 hours a
1: day, and then you had to recover and get up the next day. Yeah, I and mean that's you, what amazed
3: worked me. Six days a week, so it was a not a you know a, a really good working conditions, and you know, and, and then you hear. I mean, I know you get politicians and give lip service to this, you know, uh, changing things. You got. Um, And on both sides, uh, people talking now about the uh, inequality of wealth, you got Elizabeth Warren on the Democratic side on the left, and then you have Rand Paul on the right. And, you know, who knows whether or not they're sincere or not, but at least some, at least people are talking about it. And, and you know, but it's going to take more than an occupied movement. I think that to change things, people don't give up power. People don't give up money very easily. It takes it. It, it, it requires uh, a lot of times blood for that to happen.
0: Well,
1: as, as Jefferson said, the the tree of liberty needs to be refreshed refreshed once in a while by the blood of tyrants. So Thomas Jefferson said that. not yeah, not Bruce. Well, that's yeah. shocking. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen did say though. No. So he said something about a pink Cadillac. He really
2: did. He did. He likes pink
1: Cadillacs. Bruce Springsteen with plush velvet could have foreseen seats. this coming because he said, There's a darkness on the edge of town. There's something happening here.
3: What it is isn't exactly clear. That was Buffalo Springfield. That is
1: Buffalo Springfield. Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. <with> wow. That, <laughs>
1: Colonel, any final thoughts? Say no. Um, Say no. I will be campaigning. I'm, I'm going to do my uh, media blitz here shortly. We look forward and, to that. Um, where I clarify some of my positions. And uh, <laughs> good luck. And no, I I, I said thought this, I thought this was very well. Yeah, there's a couple positions the colonel prefers. Um, but I, but the colonel not an indiscreet man. Uh, So that's really, no, this was, to me, this was interesting. It was. um, Yeah, well, it's not something
3: typically we do. And like I said, you know, we're not going to make this, uh, we're not going to do a uh, podcast where we preach at you all the time. But sometimes we'll just um, get something, run onto
1: something where we'll have our own opinion. And and it's kind of things like this why the colonel's running. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, by any, any standards, you look at this and you say, wow, these people was getting screwed. I mean, yeah. I don't care who you are. Right. You could be a Republican. You could be a Tea Party. You could be a Democrat. You could be a communist. You could be a socialist. Well, these people is getting screwed. And,
3: and you know, point, point taken, you look at West Virginia and Kentucky now, I mean, they're, they're solid red states. So it's not like, yeah. you know, there's a bunch of left-wingers down there. Yeah. This is, they're they're solid uh, conservatives down there. Um, okay. So that's it. And so well, when the colonel get elected, he yes. going to fix all this. Uh, and what's your motto going
1: to be? Shut the hell up! No matter what the issue is. Shut the hell up! Abortion. Abortion. I ain't gonna have one.
3: Abortion. Shut the hell up! Uh, okay, so uh, I'm not gonna ask you to get into specifics, but Obamacare. What do you say?
1: Obamacare.
3: No, you don't have to go it.
1: Obama into. ain't gonna be in office. Shut the hell up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Colonel gonna be in office. Uh, if I, I ask, ask hear about you, mind, if I ask you what's your stance on the
3: Keystone Pipeline? It ain't
1: coming through my backyard. Shut the hell up.
3: <laughs> okay, and with that, we're gonna say goodbye. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you all again real soon. <laughs>